Hello and welcome to the Next Level Blockbuster Podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm Aaron. And today we are finishing up talking about the Back to the Future trilogy. So obviously we're going to be talking about Back to the Future Part 3. And I think in addition to this movie, we're also going to talk about a little bit uh, about the legacy and possible futures this could have taken and did take. Uh, so what are your thoughts of Back to the Future Part 3? Just getting it out of the way. Loved it. Um, I liked it more than Back to the Future 2. First time I saw it, I, I think I was actually in Florida. Really? It was on TV. Did you, uh, did you happen to go to Universal Studios? I did, I think that same day. Really? Yeah. Did you go to the, uh, Duh. tour? Duh. See, when I went there, I didn't go on the tour because it wasn't. I, for whatever reason, I don't think it was going at the time. You so you never wrote it? No, I never got to ride it. I went to Universal Studios. I did go to the Back to the Future the ride before they took oh, it. Oh, the out. tour? Yeah, the the back, the the. Oh, the prop tour. Yeah. Oh or, yeah, I remember doing that. So, I guess my initial reaction is. I don't think it's quite as good as the first movie. I actually did enjoy it more than the second one. Because I think... It was more fun. It was a little more fun. It was a little more simplistic. It didn't take itself as seriously. And the story was... uh, It was a little different, too. Because this is something I want to talk about. Back to the Future 1 and 2 were very heavily focused on Marty McFly. You know, and a lot of the humor came out, like we said in the first podcast, the fish out of the water. Uh, This movie had more of a focus on Doc Brown. And it was a little more Christopher Lloyd driven than it was Michael J. Fox. Yes. Now, obviously, those two both are kind of the main characters of the franchise. And. It's not like Michael J. Fox had nothing to do, but the story was more driven by Doc Brown's actions, which I thought was kind of a nice change of pace, in addition to it being set in the West. Right. So, now, this is how it ended with the last podcast, so I'll get it out of the way so I don't forget. The DeLorean from this they changed it again, souped it up, made it look a little more like a hot rod from the 50s. Yes. Uh, changed the uh, the tires and put the little kind of additional engine block on top. Oh, yes. Uh, what do you think of that? It was okay. I actually love the third one, too. I, I love I everyone. I remember, right, they, they made it so it could go on a railroad, too. They did. They they had a railroad version, too. But essentially, it looked pretty much... I mean, they all look kind of the same. It's a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and a, a yes. thing in the back. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the fact that they, they... They changed the DeLorean cosmetically every sequel, and it, it gives it, like, a same but different feeling, and I just love every variation of that time machine. 
I, I mean, I loved it, but I just it, it wasn't my favorite one. It wasn't your favorite one? I don't know if it was my favorite, but I still I don't know. I just white wall tires were a nice touch. I did like the. I think that was my favorite aspect of that. Just it was so out of place the white wall tire. It really tires. was. That it, it was almost humorous. Uh, so. I don't know if you know this, but Ronald Reagan was kind of a fan of the first movie. Yeah. I guess he was offered a role in this third movie. Okay. He couldn't do it, I guess, or he didn't want to do it or whatever, but he would it would have been his first like, on-screen role in a long time. He was a actor, for those who don't know that the former president, Reagan, was in a, a fair slew of movies in his early career uh I think he did some movies with the monkey that were popular yeah he did Bedtime for Bonzo I think I don't know but I haven't seen it don't quote me on that but I want to say he did some movies like that I think that was one of his more popular ones but yeah he was a, a fairly well known actor at the time so it would have been interesting if he came back it would have. It would have been a nice touch. Yeah, a little nod. The movie adds a another dynamic in the form of Claire, ah, which yes. is a love interest for Doc Brown. And it also shows how an action could alter a timeline. Yes, and I think the like paradox of this movie is a little more and this was a less simplistic than stealing a sports almanac yeah but it, it was also more emotionally connecting because it involved love you know maybe simple maybe kind of a a cheap way to connect with the audience but hey it works so yeah. you know I quite enjoyed that uh, what do you think of Mary Steinberg I want to say let me double check Steinbergen. The actress. Steinberg and I, the actress I liked her. I did too. I, I enjoy her in, in most of the stuff she's been in. She was in Step Brothers. She was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to think for it. I'm like, oh, yeah. But uh, I guess her and Christopher Lloyd had acted in a movie before. Have they? Had they? Yeah. She, they were in Going South together, which was a Jack Nicholson western. Again, I didn't even know that existed. It's a decent movie. Jack Nicholson, I think, directed that. Who the heck is Jack Nahakis? <laughs> People who have never seen Strange Wilderness will oh, never get that. Nobody's but... seen it but us. <laughs> we ever meet Steve Zahn, we're having to sign a copy of it. He'd be like, whoa. I love Steve Zahn. But, uh. So, we both talked about this. We both like Westerns. Yeah. Um,. I think we're probably the few people in our age demographic that enjoy a Western or two here and there. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that. There's quite a few. It's not as many as... At one time. The, yeah. And it's a, it's, a, it's a film genre that really has... There's a reason why they don't make Westerns. And I, look, I'm saying that someone who loves... Magnificent Seven is one of my favorite movies. You know, it's a remake, or, well, not remake, I guess. It's more of an adaptation of Seven Samurai. But I I just love that movie. And I know you're a big fan of, like, the Man With No Name trilogy. Oh, yeah. We both have, like, 
westerns we we really love and I'm, I, I'm a big fan of the remake of True Grit and then I'm going to polarize a lot of John Wayne fans don't get me wrong I love the John Wayne version I just love how it was, it was closer to the book and I, I'm going to just say this up front not a big John Wayne fan I mean I, I like John Wayne I don't hate John Wayne I'm just not a, a fan you're like, not, yeah you're not in the big John Wayne group no, I'm not in any joking. But, you know, John Wayne it was one of those figures you either like him or you don't. I just, I never really was drawn much to his performances. He has some hardcore fans out there. I know he does, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. It's just not my thing. I think you kind of have to, like, fall into some categories because you have newer like spaghetti westerns yes where he was like old school western and i've never been too much into the old school western. yeah you and i both like spaghetti westerns yeah and i think that's part of it with john wayne movies you have the the good good guy you know and the 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 bad bad guy you have your protagonist antagonist yeah and then and but in the spaghetti they're very clear anti-hero yeah, but there's really no good or bad guys in Spaghetti Westerns. They're all kind of garbage people. Uh, Man with No Name trilogy. But even he's not the yeah, best. He's not a great yeah. guy either. So, but, I mean, he's your protagonist, but he does he's very questionable things. Yeah. And I think I find those um, Western heroes more interesting. Even Magnificent Seven came in an era where they were transitioning from you know the John Wayne type of movies. Yeah and I mean we make westerns now but the the, the, the newer westerns have a different much different style. To different them. flair to them they're more realistic True Grit as you pointed out with Jeff Bridges very different movie now don't get me wrong True Grit is considered a classic with John Wayne Oh, yeah. It made a sequel. It made a sequel at a time where they hardly did sequels. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never seen Rooster Cogburn, but I do want to see that. It is good. It's, I actually really like it. Uh, you've seen the sequel? Yeah, my my father actually owns it on Really? I need, I need to see that. All right. We'll, okay. work, we'll get that in the end, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Is it a hard-to-find copy? I don't think it's too hard to find. I just haven't seen it. But I, the thing I like about Back to the Future Part Three it might even be free. We're 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 drastically sphering off topic as we often do. But the thing that I like about Back to the Future Part Three is they really dove into the Western. Yeah, they did uh, atmosphere, and there's a lot of satirical moments, especially with Clint Eastwood. Eastwood, kind of name is Eastwood. Yeah. In the whole outfit Doc Brown has him dressed in. Are you sure cowboys dress like this? Yeah, you're just used to the movies. (laughs) He comes in, what the heck are you wearing? That was great. But they just play a lot of that very well for comedic effects. And I do love the Clint Eastwood part. He always has some odd name. So... Let's see. A lot of nods to Fistful of Dollars trilogy. There are a lot of nods on. What do you think of the steam train time machine? 
I liked it. You know, it actually, you saw that in the cartoon a lot. Yeah, that's something I'm, I'm going to touch on in a minute. I'm glad you brought it up because I enjoyed the the uh, steam trains well. And it was featured heavily in the cartoon. The cartoon, speaking of the legacy, which I mentioned earlier, was a sequel to the trilogy. It took place after the events of Back to the Future Part 3, focused mainly on the adventures of... Doc Brown's family. Yeah. Now, Marty McFly was still a major part of the cartoon, um, but it kind of showed what the friend or where the franchise could have gone if it were to have continued. Yes. And I like the cartoon. Like, when we grew up, they had so many great cartoons. They had cartoons cartoons of every movie. And they were all great. Like, I mean, the real Ghostbusters. Bill and Ted had a great cartoon. Like, yeah, they did. When uh, I found out it was an actual movie, I'm like, what? I know. But, and like, we grew up watching, even when we were starting to become teenagers, you had like X Men cartoon, which Just got this. me into Marvel. Yeah, Spider Man. Oh, yes. Like, Batman, I, the fucking animated series. Yeah. I swore, sorry. We're allowed one F bomb, right? I guess. PG 13. Well, occasionally we can label some of these episodes. But Batman the Animated Series is heralded as one of the greatest cartoons of all time. And it is. It's Superman the Animated Series was great. The only reason it doesn't necessarily get as much recognition is you had Batman the Animated Series that came out first, which is a masterpiece. Yes, and just the, the, the noir style they gave it. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's all the cartoons that came out at that time were amazing. I didn't care much for the Batmobile in it, though. Well, anyway, moving on to Back to the Future. But it w- it was interesting to see where the franchise could have went. I guess there were talks at one time. I, I read about this. I remember when I was younger reading about this, too, because I kind of got excited. There was a rumor, and I guess it was kind of at least floating around somewhat true, that they were going to do a Back to the Future Part 4. They talked about it for a long time. And it was going to focus on Doc Brown and his family. They were going to go to Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947. What happened that year? Yeah. See, we love our aliens here. Yes, we do. <laughs> I mean, the very fact that they... We got to go to Roswell one day. Just, you just and I both got to go to Roswell like, together. We do. Uh... Michael J. Fox was supposedly going to cameo, which he could have done. Uh, when were they talking about doing this? This was around the 90s, the mid-90s. What uh, year was 3 released, 92? Uh, I want to say like 90, I think. 91 or 2. Maybe it was, because I think... I didn't look up the date, because I know after Back to the Future Part 1... Robert Zemeckis did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which took a couple years. Another movie that should have had a sequel. Well, they talked about doing it for years. Yeah, that's been in development hell with the Beetlejuice sequel. Well, I don't think they should do it now that Bob Hoskins passed away. Mm. But I guess you get another lead. They've done it before in movies. Yeah, it could just go a different way. The son of Bob Hoskins. Anyway. Uh, Michael J. Fox accidentally got hung 
in real life while they were filming that scene where they lynched him. Oh. Yeah. He almost he, died? Yeah. Was he, did he have to be resuscitated? I'm not sure. It just said he act. I think he passed out. Okay. He, but they actually on, accidentally freely hung him. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that just shows you even safe uh, stunts and effects in movies can go wrong. He was lucky. I mean, it, as bad as it was at the time, it could have went a lot worse. He could have died. Yes. This is something I want to say for the third part, because I wanted to talk about him overall. The Drew Strutzen, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, movie posters, the ones he painted mm-hmm. that are iconic, you know, where Marty McFly with his Oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. I love those posters. I do, too. Like, I, I just want to say that for the third part, because... Technically, it's more marketing than than actual movie, but I love how every poster too. The second one adds Doc Brown, and then the third one adds uh, Claire to it. So every poster has an, 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 an sorry an individual added to it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of creative too. They are beautiful posters. And lastly, I wanted to bring up. The cartoon that's very popular now, that's very heavily inspired by Back to the Future. Ah, yes. Because I know you will want to talk about this. I do. We should do an entire episode on it. We should, because I enjoy this cartoon as well, but go ahead. Back to the Future heavily inspired Rick and Morty. Um, Rick and Morty, it could be argued as a satirical take on it. In some aspect, it's a very complex cartoon. Like, if you have to like watch it a few times, and you you're just like, whoa. But we'll we'll touch on that at some other point. But yes, Doc Brown and Marty influenced Rick yeah. and Morty. It was basically conceived as a satire back to the future. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I just want to let you have that because we need to do an episode on that eventually indeed there's a lot of episodes we need to do oh and you know we're, we're, we usually just have a limited amount of time to do them I know maybe that'll change one day but you know maybe it is what it is right now <laughs> but yeah I mean to sum up Back to the Future Part 3 though it's a film that I think really wrapped up the trilogy nicely. Give it a nice little bowl. Regardless if you like it as much as the first movie or not, it's a really good movie. It oh, actually yeah. enhances the second one, which is something we've touched on. We we need to do a review of this trilogy as well. The Matrix trilogy, well, when it was just a trilogy before Resurrections, how the third one can affect how you perceive the second one. Oh yeah. And that kind of had a negative implication on the second one where this part three kind of enhanced the second one. It definitely did. Because had this movie been a train wreck, no pun intended, because there was literally, yeah. Uh, Had this been a train wreck though, people would have looked at the second one far less, uh, 
with far less uh, respect and esteem. Yeah, because it would have directly correlated with the third. Yeah, it would have. It, it would have spoiled the first and second. Yeah. Well, even if the first, the first one could have been separate, but when you have a film that yeah, usually a, a sequel doesn't kill the first. Yeah, but when especially if it's a cliffhanger ending, you have to make sure both movies deliver. Yes, and this one... It delivered. Delivered. So, we look back to the future. If you haven't seen the trilogy, we both highly recommend you Definite family movies. Definitely, definitely at least watch the first movie, but we highly recommend watching the second and third one. Ideally, if you could watch the second and third one on the same night and binge watch them. Yeah, do that, but at least watch. Yes, you can even catch all three of them on TV sometimes. Yeah, they're, like you said, they, they come every on so and often. off of streaming every now and then. I know they were on Netflix uh, like three or four months ago. So. It, it comes on and off yeah. Netflix. I've seen it on there on and off several times along with like Godfather and Scarface. And if you want to just buy them, they're, they're relatively cheap. Oh, yeah, you can get a DVD copy relatively cheap. Yeah, even the Blu-ray and 4K aren't that I remember cool. when I bought the trilogy, it wasn't that much when I bought yeah. it on DVD. And you can... And that was a nice box set. And if you do prefer to stream, like you can buy it on Voodoo relatively cheap, too, so. But, any last thoughts on this? No. Watch the damn movie. <laughs> okay, so that's going to be our review. As Have always, a great day. I'm Aaron. And if you didn't watch, or if you didn't listen, I guess you wouldn't watch it. But if you didn't listen to part two and the first part, make sure you go do that, please. Thank you. What? I'm getting Listen to all our episodes today. <laughs> As always, I'm Aaron. I'm Jeff. Thank you. Have a good night.